But now back to our series. Uh, living the faith. Every day talking about living the faith. And if I need to say this to you. If you this is your first time uh, watching us online or here. Uh, we, ha- we are strange if you can't figure out. We have a bunch of Duplo on stage. And you must think this is a little bit strange. And that came from a message a few weeks back where I said that each Lego Duplo, sorry, I got to get it right, the Duplo represents you and that you are important, but important part of something much bigger of what God wants to do here at MRAC and in this community and world. So we all are an important part, but there's a process that could hinder the movement forward. There could be a process that hinders us from going forward. And it's about conflicts. We have conflicts. We have challenges in our lives. And I could bet, I don't have to bet, I'm not a betting person. Uh, I bet any, I did it again. I believe that you are here today. Many of you have conflicts. If it's with your children, children with their parents, husband and wife, workplace. We have conflicts daily. Uh, Let me, if there was one thing that causes more conflict and disagreement in this past year and a half, what would it be? COVID? Yeah, COVID had created a lot of tension between families and communities. Uh, Then I had vaccinations. And now we create another whole dynamic of conflict. And how do we live in this area? I mean, I have family, one on this end, one way over here on this end, in this whole area of vaccination and COVID. How do we cope? How do we work through these things? How do we disable these worries and conflicts, these pressures that sit on us? This morning, I want to take just one step in this process of how to handle moving through the challenges of today, how to live our faith. And so no matter where you are in your journey today, I do want to clarify that we are talking about followers of Jesus. And if you want to, and you're just here learning today saying, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Well, this is one part of what it is to walk with Jesus. And, uh, It's an amazing discovery that sort of hit me fresh today as I was looking at this passage this past week or so. So if you are following along, open up, look at Philippians chapter 4. Again, remember, Paul is in prison. He is writing this letter to the church of Philippi, and uh, he wants to encourage them. Father, as we come to your word, we pray, as I recognize there's nothing I can do to convince anybody, but it's your spirit. So, Lord, we ask you to come, give me your words, give me your clarity, and Lord, may we hear from you today, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. So, therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy, my crown, I mean... Does he care about this church family? He really does. He is pretty pumped. He is in prison writing this. He, he loves them. And he says, stand firm in the Lord. 
Stand firm in the Lord. That's his call. And you're saying, why? We have a therefore. And any of you that know, you ask the question, why is therefore, therefore, uh, you, you discover, whoa, you took it away from me. <laughs> Brain, I love you. <laughs> this is why. Philippians 3.20. This is going back. It says, you are citizens in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies whoo, into his glorious bodies by the power that is that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So what we're saying, the therefore is reminding the church, you and I, followers of Jesus, we are citizens of heaven. We are under the power and control of Jesus, and everything is under him. He is in control. You're a citizen of heaven. Therefore, man, oh man, therefore, my brothers, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) therefore, Stand firm in the Lord. That's why. You're a citizen of heaven. You're under the control of Christ. Christ has everything under his control. Then he says to them, I entreat, and I'll give you, I'll say somebody else's name, but I'll try. Yodea, and I entreat Sintasha to agree in the Lord. There is conflict going on in the church. Yes, I ask you also, true companions, Help those women. These are leaders of the church. He goes, help these women together with Clement and the rest of all the fellow workers whose names are written in the book of life. There is conflict going on. There is a challenge happening. And because you are citizens, because Jesus Christ is all-powerful, he's saying, you need to work this out. You need to have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. And that's referring back to Philippians 2. Of what it is to have the mind of Christ. To agree in the Lord is that humility. And we'll talk a bit more about that. Then he goes on to say, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness, your gentleness... Be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. So it's interesting, this reasonableness, another translation, gentleness, that they will see that you are under the Lord's reign, not losing it, uh, as we can get to as a human being, can't we? Uh, And then it says, do not be anxious about anything. And let me clarify something here for each and every one of us. Some of us, We have moments of anxiousness, moments of worry. There are people, even in our congregation, that this is a place of no control. It's what the body does. They are constantly in fight or flight mode, if you understand what that is. They're living this high tension, and they have no control over it. Their body gets to that place, and they can't stop. And we want to pray God's healing and his hand upon them. And this will be one step, one tool that you can use if you are one of those people. 
For others of us, we can walk through this a little easier, but it is difficult. So long as you understand that, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, all the stuff that's going on, the conflicts, the battles, the struggles, and we can talk all about COVID, we can talk about pandemic, but we can talk much bigger. The pressures of family, finances, and so many things, relationships that cause tension and worry. He says, in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And that'll be another day to talk about this, this issue of prayer and how to go to God. But recognize everything is to be brought before him. Everything. And when we do this, if we want to talk about uh, disconnecting this powerful thing called conflict and anxiety and worry, we need to step here. Because if we do, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And if you've experienced that, it is amazing. It is so amazing. When we come to this place, when we give everything over, and the peace of God just floods. And it doesn't make any sense because the storm is still brewing. The conflict is still there, but God just comes in and there's peace. This is what we need to enable in our lives. That's what we need to enable in our lives. And there is a process in order to enable this. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Because it is real. In the church in Philippi, it was real. There was major conflicts going on. And he says, you guys, we need to get to this place. Can you imagine Paul in prison? His life is on the line. He doesn't know what's going to happen. So he is not speaking from this high and lofty place. My life is good, therefore I can tell you, hey, don't worry. No, his life is on the edge of not knowing if he has life or death. And he says, this is the place to tap into. This is the place to enable this place of peace. A peace that doesn't make any sense to the world. It's the Holy Spirit's peace that comes upon us. That's what we need. You can't conjure this up. It's, it is a place, and this is where I want to get to, I'll talk the obvious first. There will be conflict. And I think this is number one issue. We want to pray away conflict. I do. God, can you just remove the conflict? The conflict's name is this. No. Right? Let's be real, okay? We have a name on this conflict, okay? And we say, God, remove it. That's not what God is saying. There will be conflicts. There's going to be disagreements. There's going to be challenges and worries in our lives that could take us over. How do we deal with it? But let's first of all acknowledge this. If you looked at Acts 15, you had Paul and Barnabas. And so Paul and Barnabas are talking about, hey, let's head back and encourage the churches that we were just at. And Barnabas says, yeah, let's take Mark. Mark's all gung-ho. He's ready to go. And Paul's like, forget it. He's a traitor. He let me down. 
He deserted me. There's no way I'm taking Mark. And Mark's standing there going, eh, you know. <laughs> and Barnabas is like, no, no, he's all in. He's ready to go. But Paul's like, forget it. He deserted me, not going. It was a major dispute. A sharp dispute is the scripture. If you want to translate the Greek word there, it's really heavy that Paul said, forget it. I'm going back. Barnabas and Mark went this way. And you say, whoa, that was a disagreement. Like, it was heated. But we see later on in Philemon that Paul is actually writing about Mark and his, his life. And so somewhere they resolved it. <laughs> uh, but there was conflict. And we can read throughout Scripture those areas of conflict and disagreements. How do we deal with them? It is a real thing. We don't know how to, to have a disagreement because my way's right and you're wrong, right? Isn't that how we think? <laughs> you know? You're wrong and I'm right in the disagreement. Years ago, my wife said, even when you're wrong, you're right, and that's not fair. <laughs> that was her nice way of talking to me. <laughs> But you realize you can win an argument and still be wrong, but how do you work through a disagreement? Yeah, we have to work through it, right? I gotta watch how I ask these questions, but bless you. <laughs> bless you. Because we do need to work through the disagreements. We have to say, okay, well, I disagree with that, but that's okay. We can still hug. Well, for you huggers, uh, you know we got to get to that place, but I really want us to understand the obvious because often we want to get rid of conflict. But God is talking about the storm is brewing around you and you can still have peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding. You can still be reasonable. The words you speak in gentleness, that's where God wants to take us. The solution, trust Jesus with the results. This is the revelation that hit me more than any. This is the starting point. If I got conflict, the number one place I need to go is I need to trust Jesus with the results. Now, I know you and I, we pray for what the results should be, right? Don't we? We pray for what the results should be. This is how it has to work, God, because we have this situation, and God, I got it all figured out. If you do this, this, and this, and then we phone up our friends, please pray for this, this, and this, because we need to bring this up to the Lord because we got it figured out. And my number one starting point is what I'm asking. I'm not saying don't do that because he wants to hear our desires of our hearts. But the number one, in your conflict, in the place you are, can you leave the results to him? That's a hard call. Because why would I do that? Why would I leave the results to Jesus? Why would I trust Jesus? That's right. Because he loves you. Because we think, well, I've asked God for this, this, and this, and he doesn't answer because he didn't answer your request. But you didn't leave the concern with him. 
We need to leave it with him and to leave the results to him. Because that's where the peace of God comes, people. If we want to disable the conflict and the stressors of the world that are going to be there all the time, you have to leave it with him. Because, why? He's all-powerful. Who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control? Philippians 3. He's all-powerful. But if he's all-powerful and not loving, then we got a problem. So we need to know Jesus loves you, absolutely. You're getting ahead of my message, but <laughs> which is so cool because the answer is so clear. Jesus does love us, and I have not been following my notes. 1 John 4.10. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Well, I am digging my way to hell because my, my family didn't love me. Therefore, I wasn't good. I wasn't affirmed as being good. I could never be good for my parents. How could I be good for God? So I will never measure up to God. So why would I even try? Why would I try? And then I read, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as atoning sacrifice. Because I had a sin problem. And I don't know if you know it, but you have a sin problem. Okay? We all have a sin problem. And God loved us so much that he sent his son to pay for that debt that you could not pay. To take the punishment that you could not take. And God demonstrated, Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated his own love to us. In this, while we were still sinners, this just blows me away. Well, I was still sinning. I was going the other direction. God says, Neil needs help. He needs major help. <laughs> and so he prepared a way. He sent his son to die for me. That is love. People... If there's something you don't realize, see, sometimes we say, well, God, if you answer my prayers this way, I know you love me. And we put conditions on God. And what I'm trying to say is God loves you even when there's conflict, even when there are storms that are overtaking me. And I could tell you there's people here that have major struggles in their lives. And you're saying, well, your life is like this because of sin? Maybe. We, have make, we make choices. We make bad choices. But when we repent and we turn from those things, God can take all those things and turn them around for good if you believe Jesus loves you. He takes the stuff around us. What he wants to do is give you peace that surpasses all understanding. He may not solve all the parameters in your life. Remember Paul? <laughs> you might not. Uh, Paul prayed three times for him to, that God would take away the thorn in the flesh, whatever that was. And God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. Again, can we leave the results to him? And I want to say we don't. I want to say I don't. I'm like, God, if I do that, you could do this. 
I remember being called into ministry, and I'm like, no way, God, because you're going to send me somewhere where I don't want to go. That was my conclusion. I always think the worst, right? Number one, when something overtakes you, think the worst. It's, it's amazing. It's natural. We always go to the worst. If your child is not home by curfew, where do you go? You think the worst. At least my wife does. <laughs> but I know she's like everybody else, right? <laughs> we do get to that place. And what I'm trying to say is, if we actually know Jesus loves us, we can trust him in the midst of the storm. We can trust him where you are in the challenges, the conflicts that you're in. We still got to heal that conflict. We still got to reconcile it. But where I go first and foremost is I need to go to Jesus. Because I might have a conflict with you. I might have a struggle with you. And it is, you don't even know about it. And I'm struggling. So I need to go to Jesus first. And Jesus, I give this over to you. And I just leave it in your care. That's my number one. That's where I go. And then there's point number two. Where sometimes, okay, God asked me, I want you to go to that person. And I want to make sure, hey, when you said this, this hurt me. And you reconcile that. And each one of us, we take those steps. This is just one step that I want us to get to to recognize you will have conflicts. And we want to disable the pressures, those conflicts and what they do. We need to come with Jesus loves you. Secondly, Jesus is the center of history. It's... <laughs> Wake up moment. Life does not revolve around you. <laughs> okay? It revolves around Jesus. And if we, the more closer we recognize this, because sometimes we lose that, and so I really want us to be reminded of it. Um, Colossians chapter 1. He is the image of the invisible God. The exact representation. And he says this, For by him, for by Jesus... All things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions, principalities and powers, all things were created through him and for him. He created us and he, we are for him. We're actually created to have a relationship with him. And he is before all things in him, all things consist. All things hold together is another translation. This is the Jesus of the Bible. May not be your Jesus. This is the Jesus of the Bible. So I would want to follow this Jesus who loves me, gave his life for me, that all power is in his control. And that's what Paul is trying to encourage the church in Philippi. You know your destination. You know you're a citizen of heaven. You know Jesus is all-powerful and in control. So let's get everything under one thing and follow Jesus all the way through. Uh, another passage in Philippians chapter 2 that we've gone through. Uh, so that in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That will happen. 
on this earth or before, after, to recognize Jesus is the Son of the God, Son of God, the living God, the being God, fully human, fully God, to comprehend that is beyond us. But understand, he is the center of history. He is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. Will you trust him? He loves you? And you say, well, I, didn't, I don't feel his love. Trust him with the results. Trust him. I'm pleading with you individually as a church family, as we want to move forward and we're, be part of what God wants to do, we need to trust him in those things around us, in the challenges that we're in. So here's his call. Stand firm in me. He's asking you and me to stand firm in him because he is all-powerful, loving God. We trust him. We stand with him, saying, I am in Jesus no matter what, just like we did with the Duplo. We're in. We're going with you. He is telling the two ladies, come on, guys, agree in the Lord. Respond like me, Philippians 2, who gave himself up. Um, someone said, put it this way, the mind of the Lord in Philippians 2, giving up of himself, laying aside what I have a right to hold on to. Laying aside what I have the right to hold on to. And we as Canadians, North Americans, we live for our rights. Just talk about vaccinations and masks. We live for our rights. The mind of the Lord, laying aside what I have a right to hold on to, Jesus being fully God, he has the right to hold on to that. But he put it aside and took on flesh, became a servant. It looks like humility. It puts aside pride. It looks like voluntary death for the sake of love. Voluntary death for the sake of love. Not using his position for selfish gain. We don't use our position. We don't use our rights, but we humbly look to the other. How to resolve conflict. To hear that other person. Maybe it's misunderstanding. Maybe that person denies. But for you to forgive and to let go and leave the results to him. This is where we need to go as a church family. To respond like him. To rejoice in me. You're a citizen of heaven. We're on the same pathway. We want to be a follower of Jesus that makes followers of Jesus. We're in the same place. So... Let's rejoice in him. Don't lose focus. Because when conflict comes, we lose focus. We get derailed so quick. When things overtake us, health, struggles, relationships, the storms, we lose focus. And sometimes somebody just needs to come alongside and say, hey, I'm standing in the gap with you. I'm praying for you. I am with you in your struggle." And give your burden to him. 
He says to cast all those cares upon him, to give everything to Jesus. This is sometimes a daily practice <laughs> where I've, yeah, I wake up in the morning and I can get consumed of all the things of the day. <laughs> Maybe not like you. Pastor Tom, I have a list and I walk through it and I don't get through the list in a day. It causes a bit of anxiety and some stressors because uh, you've got goals, you've got plans and things get in the way and you get blocked of your goals. That's frustrating. Are you able to give them over to Jesus and say, Jesus, I leave you with the results? That is the starting point that I encourage you to go to. When we deal with conflict, there's a bunch of steps. But one of them I just find for, is that if I want to experience the peace that surpasses all understanding, I need to disable what is controlling this and enable Christ's peace. I can't do it in the flesh. I can't control that. I need to allow Jesus to control it. So that's my starting point. Because for me to hear God's voice, I need to have his peace where then those steps come forward and you start dealing, okay, Lord, this is what you want me to do. Simple. Following Jesus is obeying Jesus of what he says. And he says, stand firm in me. You're there. You're in Jesus. You walk with me. Respond like me. And you can only do that by the power of the Spirit. You need Christ dwelling within you that you're able to rejoice in the midst of the storm. And Paul knows what it's like to be able to sing hymns and praises to Jesus while chained in prison and to give it all over to him. It's a tough, tough message to hear. There is nothing out of my control, Jesus says. Will you leave the results to me? Will you give this over? Give yourself over to this. Number one step in walking through conflict and through the storms of life that consume us is to be in this place. Because when you disable the pressures, this is what we receive. A peace that surpasses all understanding. And can you do me a, a favor? If you've experienced this, would you be able to share that with somebody? Saying, yeah, I've been there. Storm blowing around. And you know, and as I gave it over to Jesus, I experienced that. I shared this story with you, and someone asked me if I actually went to the doctor about this after. But it was the moment uh, my daughter had seizures, and little baby having seizures, your eyes rolling back, and I knew nothing about what's going on. We were young, okay, really young. <laughs> and we were totally ignorant of how to raise a child, let alone somebody that was, you know, going into convulsions and what that even was. We didn't even know what convulsions meant at that moment. But I remember just crying out to God, Lord, I give her to you. I'm leaving you with the results. Because as a dad, I have no idea what to do. And this just flooded over my soul. And I was at peace. And yes, we did go to the doctor, and he explained what was happening. A high spike in a fever real quickly. The baby would go into convulsions. 
and gave us what to do, but it was a, it was a panic for a parent. And God has done that so many times for me. In the midst of those panic moments, those worries, those conflicts, I just, God, I just lift it over to you. And maybe today, in closing, I want you to be able to experience this. I want every believer to experience this. But we need to bring it to the Lord. And maybe you have a situation that is just consuming you right now. The conflict, a worry, and maybe just the act of the heart to say, I want to come forward and I'm just going to give it over symbolically to the Lord. For others of you, maybe you need prayer. And you say, yeah, I need some support. You could be next to somebody you can, who can pray for you. But we're going to close off in a song. But I don't want you to just rush out of here. I want you to, I want you to enable the peace of God that only does by the Spirit of God when we surrender. And maybe this is something new for you. You've never given your life to Jesus. And Jesus is saying, let me in. Let me take control of your life. Confess you have a sin problem. If you want to do that, you want to follow Jesus, and you want to know what to, how to do that, come forward. We want people here to pray with you, to encourage you and support you. So I am leaving it really open today that if you need something, somebody to pray for you, you need a burden that you just need to release to the Lord, and symbolically you're going to come forward and just say, God, it's yours. You can do that through our closing song. You can stay after, you know, others of you when that song's finished and we close off the service. You're welcome to stay here in the presence of God and deal with those things and give it over to him. So, Sam, will you come? Melody and team, will you come and lead us? And as they're coming, I just want to take a moment and pray. Father, as we continue in this service, I ask for your Holy Spirit to do a mighty work in our hearts and lives. We can't do this in the flesh. We need your Holy Spirit to move in us. And Lord, a freshness of your Spirit to fall on each one, those that are in conflict, those that are in struggles and worries consuming them. Lord, I pray as we lift them up to you today that you would do a mighty outpouring of your Spirit to give a peace that surpasses all understanding. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.